Well, it is good to have you here together on this Easter morning, and as uh, Mike has already welcomed you, um, let me just say if you're a guest with us, we are extra glad to have you. My name is Brian. I have the privilege of being one of the pastors here, and uh, myself, along with some of the other pastors, would love the opportunity to meet you briefly uh, immediately following the service, and so uh, we'll be in the Welcome Center just to your left, as Mike said, um, that we could just, if you don't have to rush off uh, to anywhere, just to meet you real quick, put a little information uh, about the church in your hands, as well as uh, just just a little gift card to Mosaic Cafe just to say thanks for being with us on this Easter. And uh, with that, we'd also like to extend an invitation to uh, a brief session called Focus on First. It's the first weekend in May that just gives you just kind of a quick snapshot of what church is all about, what we believe, uh, the ministries and what we do around here, as well as how you might explore maybe being a part of what we do around here. And then, of course, uh, you're always invited back uh, next weekend and the many weekends thereafter for our regular worship service times, which take place on Saturdays at 5 and then Sunday mornings at 8, 9.20, and 10.50. However, even as I say that, even as I extend that invitation for you to say, join us back next week, uh, I would suspect, uh, much because I've been in this seat where you are at today, um, that uh, as a guest, that if I were to ask you one-on-one, so will you take us up on it? Will you be back next week? Uh, you might say, probably not. I mean, if I'm being honest, you know, I'm, I'm kind of here, you know, keeping grandma happy so that you know, Grandma feeds me Easter dinner, which is always good. And, uh, but, you know, thanks for the invitation. I enjoyed being here, uh, but I'll politely be on my way. Thank you very much. And uh, maybe, maybe we'll shoot for Christmas Eve. How's that? <laughs> and so I get that. And um, let me just say, if that is you, if that's where you're at, um, you're, we're still really glad you're here. Because, again, I've been in that seat. Uh, personally, I didn't grow up going to church and, frankly, had no interest in walking into one on Christmas Eve or Easter either. And so um, about... A year of an invitation later from, from a good friend, I finally gave in, and I decided to go, but had decided, kind of much maybe as some of you, well in advance of the door, this was going to be a one-time deal. You know, again, thanks for having me, but then I'll politely be on my way. Thank you very much. Um, however, to my surprise, uh, as obviously I'm here now, so that must mean something happened. Uh, to my surprise and to what might be, I would say, potentially your surprise today. Uh, For me, God did something on that day, uh, as I guess you could say, he metaphorically planted a seed in my heart that took root and grew and transformed my life. And so my invitation to you for the next few minutes, that even if you came in with a predecided answer to that uh, question, will you be back, that as in these next few minutes we scatter some of that seed uh, upon you today, that you might just see, just see that if within you something might want to take root. And so today to help us with that conclusion or with that possibility, we're going to be looking to God's word uh, in the book of Matthew. And the book of Matthew in the Bible is, um, uh, is a writing that gives an account of Jesus' life and teachings. And we're going to be in the 13th chapter of that book where we discover a teaching entitled The Parable of the Sower. Now, some of you know how things go. You're grabbing Bibles and there's some of those available. That's fine. But I also have it on the screens for you to follow along. So whichever is easiest for you. And so we're going to be looking at the parable of the sower as uh, Jesus taught in these things called parables. They were illustrative stories that Jesus told and used to reveal deeper truth about himself, about who he was and the implications for us, as well as in these parables, he revealed deeper truths about you and me. 
And so as we look at this story of Jesus, the teaching of Jesus, we all will be able to find ourselves in this teaching of Jesus. We will all be able to relate to one of what he's going to show here in Matthew chapter 13, uh, starting in verse three. And so Jesus told them, and now us, this parable, saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. And still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times that which was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Meaning, some of you here today, uh, Jesus is saying, have open ears and open hearts to what God might want to reveal to you through his teaching here this morning. And some of you, well, some of you do not. Some of you here are open-eared and you're open-hearted to what God might want to show you, but others, uh, before you even walked in the door, are closed-hearted and earmuffed, uh, if you've heard that expression, as to what God might want to reveal to you. And so Jesus actually in the parable goes on to reveal in us and to each of us where each of us are at to that question, where we are at regarding the openness of our ears and our hearts to what God might want to reveal to us. And so Jesus goes on to explain that in the parable, as we're going to see in a minute, with the understanding that with the story of these soils, that the seed, that the seed that's being scattered in the story and the seed that's being scattered among us today is the Easter story. That the seed being scattered is what you might have heard called the gospel, which is just a churchy word that literally means good news. That the Easter story is the good news that comes in Jesus Christ. That what we call now Good Friday was actually originally a pretty awful Friday in that Jesus was brutally tortured and murdered by being nailed to a cross. But now, 2,000 years later, we now call it our Good Friday because on that Friday, it says in Romans 4.25 in the Bible that Jesus was delivered over to death for our sins. And so in the reality of what really is bad news uh, that we see in Romans 3 and 5, the bad news that because of our sin and our humanity, each one of us have sinned and fall short of the glory, it says in the Bible, of the perfection of a sinless God, that we have separated ourselves from being able to have a relationship with God because of our sin. However, so that's bad news. But in the midst of that bad news, God gives us good news. He gives us the good news that in Jesus, he showed his great love for us by sending his one and only son. That in Christ's death, he removes and forgives that sin barrier between us and God, thus allowing us the possibility to have a relationship with God. Yet again, as it goes on in Romans 4.25, Jesus was delivered over to death for our sins and then was raised to life. That's what Easter is all about, celebrating Jesus' resurrection, being raised to life to make us right with God, to give us the opportunity then to have a relationship again with God because the sin's no longer in the way. That Romans 6.4, that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too may be raised, that we too may have a new life. And so that 
is what Easter is all about. In fact, that's what Jesus' resurrection is all about. Uh, it's much more, and that's what I used to think when I first started going to church. I was like, what's so big deal about Easter? I don't understand why people get dressed up and why it's such a big holiday. I mean, sure, it's, I guess you could say, the coolest miracle that Jesus did out of all his miracles. You know, that's, that's a pretty neat trick. Um, but the implications of what Easter is all about, the implications of Jesus' resurrection are more than just a miracle. It is the miracle that in Jesus' new life, we then, for the rest of uh, now, till now, 2,000 years later and beyond, have that same opportunity that if we place our faith in him, we too can have that new life. And so that's the big if, that Jesus, as he raised to new life, we too can have a new life. Yes, someday in heaven, but it's not just someday somewhere in heaven. It's a new life that begins right now, right here on earth, that is for all the days of our life, and then yes, is fully actualized and perfected one day in heaven. But again, that's all with that big if. That big if, as it says in Romans 10, that if you believe. If you believe that Jesus Christ is in fact God's son who came and died for you and then rose to new life so that you too may be raised to new life, putting your faith in him, inviting him to be the Lord and the leader of all the days of your life, and then yes, into all of eternity. And so this is the seed. This is the good news. This is the Easter story that's being uh, scattered and falling upon you here today. In fact, I thought it'd be a neat illustration if those of you in the balcony, like at weddings, like with bird seed, could just kind of start throwing some on the people on the first floor here. That would, but I thought, you know, this was probably enough. So we won't throw seed on you here today. And so since we're not going to throw real seed in your hair, because it's all dressed up for Easter pictures, we want to... Uh, spread or cast what we could say metaphorical seed of this good news in your life today, or probably more accurately, spiritual seed, very real spiritual seed that is landing on your heart here today, to which Jesus then says, as it's being scattered among these soils that we all re relate to that he's going to explain, the question that Jesus is asking of each of us is simply this, which soil then are you? That is the seed of this good news is being shared and, be, and landing upon your heart. Which soil are you? And so Jesus goes on to paint which soil each of us are in uh, verse 18 as he says to listen to what the parable of the sower means. Jesus goes on in verse 19. He says that when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away that which was sown in the heart. This is a seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since it has no root, it lasts only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. And the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on fertile soil, on good soil, this refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times that which was sown. And so again, the question Jesus is asking of each of us today is simply this. Which soil are you? 
You know, it goes elsewhere on in the scriptures to say that uh, about the same message, the message of the cross, the, this good news, the message of Easter, that it is, says, foolishness to those who are perishing. But in the same light, it says that to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. I remember a few years ago, um, my wife for dinner had whipped up some chicken pot pie. And uh, some of you know the story because I have before bragged on the awesomeness of my wife's chicken pot pie. And uh, if you're a guy, I mean, how can you go wrong? You know, you got meat, pie, all in one. It's like a whole new meaning of winner, winner, chicken dinner for me. So, And so as, my, uh, as I'm, I'm woofing down this best stuff ever, just across the table from me um, are two little people, um, our two oldest children, who are, unlike me, having the complete opposite response, as they are literally, like, gagging on this stuff, trying to get it down. And, uh, you know, what they knew is we're one of those families that uh, you, you kind of you eat what's in front of you. We're not going to go, like, you know, zap chicken nuggets every time you don't like what's being served for dinner. And so knowing this, our, our oldest, she was... Um, she was comforting her little brother in the midst of this, literally rubbing his back as they're trying to get this stuff down, telling him uh, she was about five, he was about three at the time, it's okay, buddy, you could do it. <laughs> You're gonna make it. And I think this dichotomy between my response versus my children's response uh, represents where many of us are at in the room today, or where all of us are at, and that for some of us, as we think about Easter and the implications of Easter, uh, some of you are like, yay, Easter, yay, Jesus rose to life to, to give us a new life that lasts all of this life and into all of eternity, Woohoo! But for some of you, you are just choking this down. You just, you're just dying, just like, oh, is this guy still talking? <laughs> what, we gotta stand up for another song? And, you know, the friend or the family member that brought you, you know, they're just kind of rubbing your back, saying, it's going to be okay. <laughs> it's almost over. They made the service a little shorter today. It'll be all right. And so for some of you in your lives, that this seed, this good news, it has landed in good and fertile soil, and it has produced a crop 36 or 100-fold over both in your life and in the lives of those who you've come in contact with. But for others, um, you, you can barely swallow it. You can barely stomach it. Because maybe for you, uh, the worries of this world uh, continue to choke out uh, what seems like could be good about this good news. And you, maybe you've missed or maybe you didn't know or never been told that when it comes to the worries and the troubles of this life, it says uh, in 1 Peter 5.12 that you can actually cast your worries, you can cast your cares upon the one who cares for you. Some of you, perhaps, uh, like the rocky soil, maybe you, um, you, know, you prayed a prayer or came forward at a church service or at a camp many years ago, but looking back, you realize, you know, it was some rocky soil and the roots were shallow, and so you fell away from, uh, from God and from the church, and you realize that, you know, maybe you need to replant that seed back again uh, in fertile soil to see what God might want to do in getting connected to your life uh, through him and through his church again. And then for others, 
you're like that hard beaten path down on the end there um, where you know your heart is hardened because intellectually you just can't get past some things. Uh, and, and I hear you on that because I'll be candid, um, that was some of my struggle early on. In fact, uh, I've got more good news or more bad news, however you want to look at it, that the longer I'm in this deal, the more questions I have, not fewer. And so, for example, you might say where Jesus says in John 14, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You might be asking, how can accepting Jesus Christ in my life be the the only way? And so you're asking that, and you know, without getting into all of it, I wish I wish I could tell you. I wish I could tell you today that there were, hey, here's 20 ways to God. Here are multiple options in which to get right with God, to have a relationship with him both in this life and that lasts for all of eternity. But to get stuck there, to be frozen in that question specifically, is to miss the opportunity, is to miss the point, is to miss the gift of what Easter is all about. That God, in fact, did make a way. That even though separated from God, he did make a way in Jesus Christ. And so don't pass up. Don't reject that God did make a way for you through his son. And so as we recognize where each of us might be in these four soils, and as we've recognized both in the singing of song here this morning briefly and in looking at God's word, that as we've explored kind of what our theme for Easter was, this God of second chances, uh, or better said, God of fourth, fifth, sixth, or best said, uh, the God of infinite second chances, the God who wants to forgive you and, and remove the sin in your life from past, present, and future that you still yet will commit. That as you consider this God of second chances being sown among you today, that Maybe for you, if you're honest, you've, you've kind of given up on God. You've given up on the church, and, and maybe there's legitimate reason for that. In fact, I've heard a lot of the horrible stories where people have been burned by the church or someone in a church, and, um, and there's some trouble there. And those are awful, awful, challenging hurdles. But might I invite you today on this Easter weekend, that as we consider this, quote, God of second chances, that maybe it's you. Maybe you need to give this God of second chances, a second chance yourself. To give God a second look. To take God up on his invitation of Psalm 34, 8, where God says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Which is really God's invitation saying, try me. God is saying, try me and see and see that I am good. And so the question this parable asks of each of us, then given this seed, given this good news, which soil are you? Or maybe even better said, or better asked, um, regardless of the soil that you walked in with, that maybe the good news, even in the short time of Jesus Christ working on your heart, has begun to till that soil and refresh that soil, and it maybe better is asked, what soil will you be? What soil will you be starting now, starting today? That just as Jesus Christ uh, that we celebrate in Easter was was raised to new life, you might explore what God might want to do to you to raise you to new life in him. And so to that end, 
Um, if it's all right with you, I'd, I'd like to pray for you in that. And so I would invite you, let's pray together. Father, in your word, it says that when it comes to these seeds of, of good news being scattered and planted and watered, that is, as we do that among us, that it says that in all of it, we are nothing, those of us who are sharing this message, that it says in your word that it is only you that grows. And so recognizing this reality, that's why we pray. We pray asking that you would do what only you can do. That where a seed has been planted and watered, that you would grow uh, to um, even just a little bit today, a response. That where you are leading, that if there is a next step, um, maybe we don't have it all figured out or, or not sure exactly where all this is going, but we're interested, Lord, in responding to you and taking that next step. Would you lead us by the power of your Holy Spirit as to what that next step is? In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, on your bulletin that you received on your way into worship, as Mike kind of pointed out, that welcome guest card, on the flip side, it says uh, next steps. And so if you would say, you know what, um, the soil of my heart's probably been tilled a little bit today, and I would like to explore a potential next step uh, from there, there's a few ways in which you can express that. You'll see on the first box, uh, again, Maybe you, for the first time, want to explore giving your life to Christ, that he might want to do something new in your life. For that second box, maybe, again, you, you maybe, maybe you've been among us or among a church some time ago, and uh, you were in maybe some rocky soil or some, some thorny soil that, that choked you out, and you need to recommit your life, rededicate your life to the good soil, that see what Christ might want to do in your life. Or maybe you'd like some more information about the church as you continue to explore this. And then lastly, you'll see there it says, I would like prayer for... And uh, regardless of what soil you're at today, I don't know of any one of us who would turn down uh, prayer. And so, just so you know, these aren't torn off and put in a basket somewhere in the corner of the church. These uh, are actually tomorrow night. Uh, our elders and our pastors gather for meeting as well as prayer. And we're going to cover all these, uh, whatever response and specific prayers uh, for you and on your behalf. Uh, and so we would invite you to express that next step to, as to where you're at on this card and then again, we'd love the chance to meet you, myself and some of the other pastors at the Welcome Center, which is just to your left as you exit. And so with that, I invite you to stand with me. And um, as you see the choir lining up, yes, one more song. <laughs> and so uh, I invite you to proclaim uh, as we close the implications and the bottom line of what Easter is all about. Not more better, maybe not as we close, but as we go into our world, living a new life that Jesus Christ has given us. Would you sing with us?